You're tuned into Media in Color on 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio, where representation includes everyone. Representation means when you try to represent something. Having different perspectives worthwhile so that people can actively uh, challenge their beliefs and ideas. Where you see yourself on screen. Imagine putting myself out there sometimes with art. It feels very intimate and you're having all of these intense experiences in art and sharing parts of yourself. Produced in the 2022 Live on the Air radio class by Alia Cuevas. You're listening to Media in Color. I think I have a very cartoonish face and expressions because I'm so extra. It's like Fred Flonstone's wife. What's her name? Betty? What's her name? Wilma. Wilma. Yeah, Wilma. I think maybe I look like Velma from Scooby-Doo. I would look like Luke Cage. I would say I look like Craig by the Creek. If that's the wrong name, toast me later. Oh, man, I feel like where's Waldo? Uh, I'm Sandy from SpongeBob. I feel like Sandy, you know, she just she just wants to mind her business and stay in her little thing. Yeah, she's just chilling in there doing crazy stuff. You know, like I feel like I kind of look Simpsons y. If you like painted me yellow, I'd, I'd look pretty Simpsons y. So that's, that's my second answer. I do I used to look like Dora the Explorer. Like the haircut was really it. I used to look like Dora because I had like short hair and bangs. And I had this like pink shirt and it would fit. It was like a, it was like a perfect outfit. It's very common to see a child that looks like Dora. Hey, it's Aaliyah. You're listening to Media in Color a show I produced during the live on the air class at Zoomix. I picked the topic of media representation because media is important to my life as I grew up with TV that didn't represent me. On this show, I interview important figures in the industry and talk about the flaws of media. By the end of the show, I hope you feel seen and realize that your experience is shared. Stay tuned for Vox Pops, commentaries, and interviews with Adabere Ibiyama, folks from Boston's Company One Theater. Being represented in the media helps people feel seen and validated. As a young child, I loved Disney Channel, and I would watch shows like Hannah Montana, Austin and Ally, Good Luck Charlie, and Sweet Life on Deck. I also love movies like Lizzie McGuire, Camp Rock, and Lemonade Mouth. The list of early 2000s Disney production goes on. However, these shows and movies lacked stories that included POC characters and even fewer that gave POC actors center stage. This lack of representation wasn't apparent to me while I was singing and performing to a catchy song or laughing at a scripted joke. However, now, as an 18-year-old teen, I've come to observe the increase of diverse characters and storylines shown on TV and film. There are movies like Encanto, Coco, and Moana that educate people about the different cultural practices and values that exist in Latinx and Pacific Islander communities. I see TV shows such as Raising Dion and Black Lightning that portray Black actors in leading positions and allow kids and adults to see their families, skin colors, and personalities showcased on the big screen. This representation is very important, and it helps people from all walks of life 
feel that their story matters as much as anyone else's. You're tuned into Media in Color on 94.9 FM Sumix Radio. Is there a piece of media that you feel represented in? Um, in TikTok because I can like make videos about my life and how people really support me. And what type of videos do you make that help you feel that way? I help my sister make like gotcha life videos because I put the music in and I help her with the ideas and all that. Um, the second question is what does representation mean to you? Representation means when you try to represent something, well, I'm not really sure. What I mean by representation is kind of like girls that may look like you in um, TV or shows or like um, characters that kind of have your own stories. Like, does that is that important to you? Yeah, that's really important. What type of, like, how does it make you feel when you see those, like, um, characters that are similar to you? I feel like there's someone out there that, that was just like me. How does representation like affect how you watch TV or um, watch TikToks? Like, do you like TikToks that um, kind of have people that look like you, or does it not matter? For me, it kind of does and does not matter because it does matter because I feel like I'm included to something, and it kind of doesn't because many people are included to things. What do you look for when you watch a TV or show? Like. What do you look for that makes it stand out to you, that it's something that you want to watch? Um, I'm watching this TV show called The Series of, of a Fortunate Events, and I watched it because it looks interesting, and they have words that I never noticed, and they actually teach me new, they teach me new words that I never knew. So it's like about what it can teach you. Is it, um, is it funny? Yeah, it's funny because there's exploring, there's like, kids in danger and all what of that. What do you look for Ooh, in a TV you. show or movie or just an entertainment? I look for real life scenarios with a little hint of comedy and a great ending to the story. A recent show that I'm watching right now is Atlanta and it has serious themes that have to deal with like race and class but then it also pokes a little bit of fun at real scenarios and circumstances and situations that we get ourselves in all the time. And at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, it leaves me thinking about making the world a better place or what state of the world that we live in today is in kind of thing. Is there a piece of media that you feel represented in? No. Um, what do they lack that makes you not feel represented? I have to search for it myself to be able to find and piece together things that I feel comfortable with, but uh, I feel like I'm a, I'm not pop. I'm a little bit older than the pop generation. Um, I'm also not mainstream, so you won't see what I usually like on regular TV or regular radio. Um, so I feel like you kind of have to find, uh, I, have to, I have, to have to dig a little bit to find what I like. It's not necessarily in my face. What does representation mean to you? Representation to me means options and different narratives and perspectives. Um, it means challenging the normal and also um, experiencing and exposing things that aren't, you know, naturally happening or normal or everyday things within my community. So being able to experience someone else's 
stories. Lastly, how does representation or the lack thereof in media affect how you experience it? Um, because you don't see yourself in those in those roles. Like, uh, if you never see a black princess, then you think that princesses aren't black. Or if you never see a rich person of color, then you think that all people of color are broke or can't be rich. So I feel like it affects it on all different levels. Because if you can't see yourself there, then you kind of have to, like, fight to see yourself there. And so it makes it a lot easier when it's organically and naturally accepted in there, as opposed to being forced. The following interview will be with Adabere Ibiyama, a black queer female actor and writer, and we talk about representation. I learned about what role representation plays in her craft, how honesty and transparency are essential to her career, and her opinion on how the acting industry can become more inclusive. If you could please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Adabra Ibiyama. Um, I'm from Boston, but I currently live in New York City. Um, I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I'm an actor and a writer, um, art maker, creator of sorts. Um, I've done TV, film, I'm in a web series, and um, I've also written a short book of poems. So I'm all, I'm all over the place with my art. Okay, so on to our first question. Um, as a Black queer woman, how does your identity identity impact the roles that you play? Well, yeah, I mean, it's really important for me to feel like however the characters that I'm playing are being represented fully. Um, and it's definitely my job, you know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about as an actor, right? Um, how am I helping to create that character fully? But also I wanna be a part of work that is fully representative of, you know, black culture. If I'm included, then it's obviously gonna be a black character. Um, the culture, um, how, how it's written is really important and how it's being produced, you know, what it's saying. Um, and yeah, just how, how we're being portrayed is really important. Of course, we know as Black people, you know, the history and the entertainment industry and how they portray Black people, you know, has not always been in the most positive light. Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to be as intentional with my work as possible. And, you know, um, everybody's not going to like everything, but as long as we're like, we're respect, respecting Black women and we're respecting queer people and all kinds of people, then, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with that. I find it to that myself that I, when I see someone acting that represents me as a person, I, I definitely tend to gravitate towards that more because I feel that representation to me is very important, and that's why like I wanted to speak to people that are in charge of that or that as like as their career they're kind of expanding that does that impact the type of work that you want to do and the roles that you want to play yeah um yeah I mean it's always I get you know 
bunch of emails from my agent every week and about auditions and all of that. And it's so exciting when I get an audition and read the description and not only what it's about, like the synopsis of the project, but also like these characters that seem like they're like fleshed out um, and they have all these nuances. And um, I think I'm past the point of just being like, I'll just take anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, the goal isn't necessarily to be a celebrity and to be in Hollywood, but I don't feel like I really need to just accept anything. I do really want to be intentional in that way. Um, so it's really exciting when you come across projects that just seem like they're like really about it um, for the culture. And so it definitely, yeah, it definitely impacts what I'm actually going to accept, what I'm going to audition for, what I'm looking for. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's really important because I don't know, maybe if, if there's a lack of interest on all ends, whether it be from the actor or from producers or whoever's funding projects, then maybe there'll be less nonsense and a little bit more intentionality and focus on, you know, giving people the broader picture of an actual person rather than like these like snippets of people, you know? And on that note, like, what do you think that the acting industry needs to do to kind of be more inclusive and diverse? Oof. Um, <laughs> it's a big question because um, I think that they've started to do a great deal of work in the last couple of years of really including more stories of, you know, Black voices, of um, queer voices, getting the LGBTQIA um, folks really in, you know, main principal roles. And um, I think that, you know, they're doing a pretty good job, but I also think that there's still so many, there's so many ways that characters can be perceived as caricatures or just kind of like, yes, we're just, we're being inclusive because that is the thing of the times. And we're just kind of throwing this in together. But I, I do want to see more more work by queer people and not just people who are trying to um, queer bait, you know, oh, I, we're just gonna produce this because, you know, it's, it's Pride Month and we need to have a short film or a feature or, you know, just kind of, I just don't wanna feel like we're just tossing in, um, tossing people into the mix just for the sake of it, but because we actually respect and appreciate those stories. And I think that a lot of people are making their own work now and, and have been for a really long time. But I think, I think we're at like a very new part of it. And I want to, I'm, I'm excited for the time when we get to the, to a place where it doesn't feel like um, tokens, basically, yeah. is what I was trying to get at. And that is just like the norm that there are queer stories and that there are Black stories being told by those people. And um, that, you know, the majority of, if not everyone, feels like they're, they have a story that they can watch and see and relate to. And it's not just one or two where, you know, I don't have to just watch the same movie about queer black women all the time it's like actually there's a there's a good 
range of work out there that's available because we're not all the same person, of course. And on those films that you're speaking about that you may feel connected to, like, what are some examples of those where you feel like you're true, you're, you feel represented in? Oh, wow. Um, but an obvious one, I think, is Moonlight, mm-hmm. which is incredibly well done, just in terms of like a whole, a whole cinematic experience. I remember very much about that film, like the lighting and how beautiful it was that they were just like beautifully lighting these black bodies, these queer men who were just like able to be held in softness together. And that's definitely one. I also really appreciate the episode of Master of None that Lena Waithe wrote. And that was the episode talking about how she when she came out to her mom um, and that was, was something that I really appreciated. But yeah, I guess those those are two that are sticking out to me right now. And if I think of some more, I'll definitely let you know. You've talking a lot about what representation isn't and how, to you personally, what does representation look like? What does it mean to you? Well, representation to me looks like um, really including the people that we want to be representing in the conversation about what we're creating. And so um, it can't be a room full. I mean, it can be, but I don't know how successful successful it's going to be if we're, you know, in a room full of old white men and we're producing something about, you know, black queer women. It's like, uh, there's a disconnect here. How can you really understand the story if, you know, you're not including the people that the story is about into the conversation and what living like that really looks like because no one can really understand if they, I mean, you can have an understanding, but it's not like a full, it's not a full scope of a person. So I think really having the pe- those people in the room They need to be part of the writing, the producing, uh, even down to, um, not down to, but even including, you know, the makeup artists. Like, Mm -hmm. Black people need Black makeup artists on set and uh, wardrobe. And we need to be represented in every single part of the experience of the project. Um, Because it's not just about, like, again, like these, like, tidbits or, like, having one okay, we got, we got the one, we got the black lead. Uh, do, do we have any black directors? Mm-hmm. Any black female directors? Is it possible to have a black trans man come in and, you know, actually tell us their experience rather than what we think their experience is going to be or what it might look like? So I think that that's a really important part of it. Yeah, I think that often when we talk about representation, we just think about the actors. So I think that's a really good point. Do you feel a responsibility to further that representation? I think for a Black artist, you can't really separate yourself from this responsibility. I think that people make us responsible, even if we don't want to be. Um, I don't mind it, I think, but I do think that just growing up and trying to understand how I fit and what being in the industry means to me. It has to be what I would like my responsibility to be. 
rather than what someone's going to tell me my responsibility mm-hmm. is or should be as a Black uh, queer woman in doing what I do. And so, you know, thinking again about like how I'm being intentional with my words and my work. And if I'm okay with it and I feel like, yeah, I'm, I feel good about this. I feel like I'm representing this character well, whatever it is, then that has to be enough. I don't feel like a weight or anything, like there's um, like a burden about it. Mm. Um, But yeah, there is this idea that, you know, we're supposed to be representing our different, you know, demographics. Some people have a problem with, but again, I think if if you do think about your work in some sort of service kind of way, um, which I sometimes do, I often think about, okay, what am I being of, of service in some way in the world and the work that I'm putting out there? But if I come from an honest place, then I feel like I am, I am representing myself and hopefully through my story and the way that I'm creating my art and being a part of the work, then that can, you know, help someone to relate by just being myself, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be some like big So you mentioned honesty, and if we throw it back to some interviews that um, you were in by Iru Magazine and We Ceremony, you mentioned that your work has to be honest and transparent. Where did that value come from, and why is it part of your work? Well, um, just personally, honesty and transparency is really important to me. I um, recently watched... Uh, HBO special, uh, Jared Carmichael, um, called Rothaniel. And in an interview, he was talking about it and he was talking about coming out. He comes out in the stand-up special. He said something like, you know, you can't really give someone a hug with a full hug with your hand behind your back. And that's kind of like what it feels like if you're like concealing parts of yourself with people. Um, with people that you love, with people that you are just meeting. It's hard for me, I feel, you know, and I really understood and felt him when he said this. It's difficult to imagine putting myself out there sometimes with with art. It feels very intimate, you know, and you're in a theater with all these people that you don't know, but it feels very intimate. It feels personal in a way, and you're having all of these very deep, sometimes intense experiences in art and sharing parts of yourself. And so for me, it doesn't really make sense. You try to be as honest as possible with your work. You know, it's one of the first things I learned in acting, you know, the truth of it, the honesty in the line. Did you, why did you walk over there? You know, did you walk across the room? And because like there was an honest reason for you to do it or are you just performing? And so the, the root of my work, I feel like, is just always rooted in, okay, if it feels honest, I don't think you can go wrong there. And of course, art is subjective. So some people like it, some people don't. But I feel like I've done my job. If I feel like I'm coming from an honest place, and then the rest will be communicated. You know, whatever the story is, someone's already written the words or whatever. But if it comes from an honest place, then I can move forward. I think that also helps me to get out of perfectionism, too, because I'm like, okay, how do I start and where do I go? I start with honesty. 
what do I really feel right now? I'll put it down and then the technicalities will come after. As an artist, um, burnout is a real thing. Um, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. What keeps you going to keep creating? Oh, wow. It's, um, it's really something that I can't not do <laughs> at this point. I feel, um, I, I realized a while ago when I would like be in a mood and I'd like have these like episodes or these moments where I was just like, and they'd go on for a while and I'd be like grumpy and I'd be like, oh, I'm so disgruntled with myself or something. I'd be like, okay, you just need to write. Like you just, you need to create something or you just, there's something that needs to be expressed. And I think that with art for me, it started as something where it was really an outlet, a therapy, a way to express myself that I wasn't able to do in my personal life. And it really like exists with me in a way that's like not separate. So like I have to create, it's like good for my mental health, <laughs> you know, like, so if I'm not feeling inspired, then I just try to start with something, maybe a little writing or a little music or anything, you know, like grab some paint. I don't paint, <laughs> but like just, just something creative and then choose to start flowing because the, it's like going to the gym or like working out like you're thinking about it thinking about it then once you get there you feel really good about it what has been your favorite acting gig or performance i think that they're i mean i adored i adored 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 working on the pineapple diaries yeah that was great because and that was just like with so many of my friends it's always great to work with your friends creatively. I really enjoyed um, working on The Convert at Central Square Theater. Um, that was really challenging. And I love, I love a good challenge. And the play was long. We had to learn another language. It was intense. I really loved that play. That was really awesome. Say so thank you for devoting your time and for talking with me. Yeah, it's been so amazing to have you. That was really great. Thank you. <laughs> this interview was recorded in the spring of 2022. You can find Adobre, which is spelled A-D-O-B-U-E-R-E, -E, at Adobre on Instagram. You're tuned into Media in Color on 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio. Is there a piece of media that you feel represented in? Um, honestly, no, uh, just because nine times out of 10, any media where someone who looks like me or who talks like me, generally they're either a drug dealer or they're like causing some form of violence against those that they, um, that look like them as well. And I don't necessarily view myself as somebody that's intentionally causing violence uh, to others or harm in general. So, like, it's really hard for me to find people that genuinely uh, represent who I am as a person as well as um, look like me. So, for the most part, no. What does representation mean to you? Uh, representation to me means diversity. It means uh, having a bunch of different perspectives, a lot of different conversations that um, spark a whole new level of ideas and thought processes. Uh, representation is essentially what makes um, 
having different perspectives worthwhile so that people can actively uh, challenge their beliefs and ideas uh, or um, the lack thereof that they that they may or may not have within their communities. How does representation or lack thereof in media affect how you experience it? The lack of representation affects the way that I experience it because there's uh, a bigger gap of identification for me as I'm like consuming media. So it's hard enough to already have to feel like if I go into the workplace, there's no one that looks like me. If I go into like school, there's no one that looks like me. Now, when I turn on the TV, there's still no one that looks like me. Where do I find my community other than within my community, right? And if I don't necessarily identify with those that are within my community, then my life can feel very lonely. And at times, for some, the only places that we do have to be able to feel a level of connection is through the TV screen or through the music that we listen to or through all these different media outlets. And because of all that, it kind of makes them that much more important. Um, so I think that it's, mm, it's just really important to me, I, I would suppose, yeah. Last question. Sure. What do you look for in a show or movie or just entertainment in general? Um, I look to laugh or to be surprised. I feel like a lot of screenwriting is very predictable. So like um, anytime that I'm like caught off guard and I don't really know what's going to happen next, that's when I know I'm like really invested and I love a show like that, like um, Insecure, for example, or even like Game of Thrones or Snowfall before this most current season. But <laughs> like just shows that keep me on my toes and keep me guessing and like I have to know what happens. That's how I know I'm watching something that's really, um, really impactful or that I like a lot. Is there a piece of media that you feel represented in? Well, I'm a musician, so I love listening to music that fuses, um, and I'm a musician and Filipina, I will say, so music that I feel represented in would be like music that fuses uh, indigenous Filipino music and jazz, because those are like the two styles that I really love and I feel represent me as a global Filipina. So, yeah, like music like Bob Avis or Grace Nono, who are Filipino musicians that I love. Um, what does representation mean to you? I'd say representation is when you can identify yourself in a piece of art, whether it's film, music, or visual arts, uh, and you see yourself in that work or that artist. Okay, next one is, how does representation or lack thereof in media experience how you uh, experience it you can you notice the lack when you identify when you want to see yourself but you don't see like the possibilities I think representation what they show is like possibilities like this is a possible story you can be in or a possible world you can be in and when you don't see people like you or people you identify with um, you don't feel like you're part of that um, the narrative that's going on mainstream um, so I guess that's important to be able to see that for different people, to have that diversity. And is there like a situation in which you felt like you weren't really represented? I, I'd say I never really seek that out because I am an artist. I feel like I am in a position to represent others. Um, but I would say that the people that, I've, that inspire me and that have kind of paved the path um, are people who I feel 
I can relate to, and not necessarily people of my race. It could be people whose language, whose voice, whose stories I resonate with. So representation doesn't have to always be limited to just your people of your ethnicity. It could be pe women if you're a woman. It could be a father or a mother if you're a mother. So I feel like you find those common uh, notes or those common grounds with other people that you see, um, and you can find that relationship uh, in representation. So. I, I guess my perspective on it is broad, is broader on that on the human level, I'd say. And this is the last question: is um, what do you look for in a show or a movie or just in entertainment in general? Mm. I love uh, good. Uh, character development like they don't have to be perfect because we're human but I like to see how they change or how they deal with situations in the story um, and I also like it when it's not black and white where you can see like an evil character isn't just evil cu just cuz like there's a story behind it so for me I value that in in media in films especially thank you yeah the following interview is with Josh Glenn Caden from Company One Theater. I wanted to learn how a casting director furthers representation within the industry and what responsibility lies within their role. So I reached out to a local theater company to find out. I'm here to talk to Josh Glenn Caden about his role as a casting director at Company One Theater to understand how he uses his position to further representation in the theater industry. We asked him some questions via email, and so, yeah, let's get into it. Well, my name is Josh Glenn Caden. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I am the artistic producer and casting director at Company One Theater. Uh, so what that means is I manage the casting process for all of our programming, I line produce our main stage shows, and I facilitate our programming process from scouting new plays and new projects to eventually helping us choose a season. And personally, I am also a director and a producer and a teacher who mostly focuses on new work and is always really excited about science fiction on stage, queer theater, and theater for social change. Been there for about eight years now. I am local. I grew up in Somerville. I went to Tufts. And after graduation, I was interning at a, a big theater in the area. And I saw this posting for, I think what it was at the time, was assistant to the artistic director. And I was excited about the mission. I was excited about the work and the kinds of programming this company does. And through the uh, interview process that I had with them, I was so impressed and taken by just that they wanted to hear from young people. They were excited about hearing ideas from their staff, that being part of company one meant being part of a collective and a group decision-making process. Uh, most of my professional experience before that was as a young as a young person in theater feeling very small and that I didn't have much space to contribute and Company One is very clearly interested in who I was and what I had to say as well as doing the work out in the world and that's what got me here and I have stayed ever since uh, through grad school, <laughs> through pandemics. It's become a, an artistic home and a place I am very proud to say I work for. Next question, what impact do you hope to create? 
So Company One's mission is to build community at the intersection of art and social change. And we think about our vision as a Boston divined by justice, equity, and artistic innovation. That's really the impact that I hope to create, that I hope that we as a company are creating, right? that we are building community within Boston through everything we do, through the stories we produce, the actors we cast and put on stage, the kinds of writers we program, the schools we work in, the directors we hire, everything is about creating community within our city and giving everyone in the Company One Orbit the opportunity to advocate for and fight for social justice within their communities, within their world, so that all of us together can really change the face of the city. How do you prioritize diversity at Company One? Well, diversity and inclusion and equity are really at the heart of everything that we're doing within the company. Um, From my perspective on staff, we are primarily reading and programming and developing plays by writers of color that contain a variety of roles for local actors of color to perform. In general, the American theater is overwhelmingly white, and so this kind of work is really important to shift the dynamics within the industry that we work in. We also think a lot about what stories are we programming, what plays are we doing, and where are we doing them, and how are we welcoming people into that work, right? So everything we've done this season, all of our shows are pay what you want with a $0 minimum, which means it's free. If you want it to be free, it's free. If you want to show up, if, if, you, sh- if you want to show up one day and decide that you love this play and want to come see it day after day... You can. It's still free. If you are in the Boston Public Library where our next show is and you see a sign and you're curious, you can walk right in. If you've never seen a play before, you're welcome. And this idea that everyone is welcome within a company one space is incredibly important because so much of the theater industry and feels exclusionary to so many folks that everything we're doing is about welcoming people in, regardless of background, regardless of any sort of experience with theater or not, right? If you are interested, you are welcome, right? And that we are providing a space for anyone who would like to be there, to be there, no matter what. As someone in charge of representation, what are you doing to further that at Company One? Well, from a casting perspective, there's a lot that we try to do that makes our audition process more accessible than sometimes a traditional process can be. Um, We always try to, throughout the year, have open casting calls, right, for that anyone can attend, regardless of experience, regardless of anything, that we are here to see whoever's interested, right? Not just if you've been in a bajillion shows before. If you are excited about acting, we're here to see you. Uh, We post these casting calls on social media and in platforms that are free, right? Instead of just like theater websites that you have to pay to be a member for. We don't want to limit our, our search to just folks who are in the know enough to and who have the means to pay for that sort of thing. So being really open about our casting calls, thinking about how those calls are written. So removing barriers to access like asking for fancy headshots, you know, if you don't have the funds to pay for a an expensive headshot, that's fine. We still want to see you, right? Just send us a like, send us a selfie. Or if you don't have an acting resume, send me a paragraph about what you're excited about and what you've done, right? That there are 
there are all these barriers set up to limit who's in the room that I think we really are consciously trying to to shift and provide opportunity and space for folks who come from any background, any kind of experience, and say, we still want to see you and we're still excited about what you could bring to the table. And by doing that, you know, we've we found people who were excited about a show we were programming and gave a great audition and ended up cast in the show. And some of these people go on to continue to work in the theater world. And by removing all these barriers, we've hopefully provided space for folks to step up and, if they would like to be, continue to be part of that community. And then from a programming perspective, uh, we think a lot about the kinds of stories we've already told and what's missing, who's missing. Uh, we only have th- about three slots per season for show, so we can't, you know, you can't encompass the fullness of an, of everyone's experience in three shows. But we can continue to look at what we've done, who's maybe been left out, what else we could be doing, how to advocate, and then continuing to advocate for those stories and those opportunities on a, as wide a scale as we have the capacity to tell. Thank you for answering these questions. We really appreciate it. This has been really fun. You're tuned into Media in Color on 94.9 FM, Zoomix Radio. The Oscars. The place, the event, where hundreds of artistic visionaries, artists, and actors gather to celebrate artistry and excellence. A time when hundreds of thousands of ordinary people sit to watch others being celebrated. Well, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. I think it's elitist and all about people and money. Yeah, it's unfair. So many creative folks are out there and they're all left out. But it is beautiful. Well, in the year 2022, the Oscars was... Messy. It just wasn't on my mind. I mean, there's a war going on and we're watching the Oscars. Like, kind of almost frivolous. Ridiculous. And full of men smacking people and getting away with it. And that's the story that we saw, but that's not what we want to talk about. Ariana DeBose. The real story of the Oscars was when an openly queer Afro-Latinx person accepted the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in the year 2022. The passion, dedication, and hard work that Ariana DeBose took to get to this point is truly admirable. To be acknowledged on such a universal stage is a huge move forward for representation. Um, I'm going to wrap this up and talk about my family, my mother, who is here tonight. Mama, (laughs) I love you with my whole heart, and this is as much yours as it is mine. I felt seen because personally, like, it was just like another moment for me, and I just felt, I felt represented, like everyone deserves to be. And also, like, her imagery, when she started that story, she was like, imagine... Imagine this little girl in the backseat of a white Ford Focus. Look into her eyes. You see a queer, openly queer woman of color, an Afro-Latina, who found her strength in life through art. And that's what I believe we're here to celebrate. It just kind of, like, hit me because it's just such an ordinary experience. That hit me when I heard that part. Hey, it's Aaliyah. Through my time making this show, I learned that there are people putting in the work to showcase our stories and that media will continue to one day represent us all. I want to thank Adabere, Josh, Corey, Wills, Giuliani, 
Jaira, and the student and staff in the Vox Pop for allowing me to interview you. I want to thank my mom for helping me come up with the name for the show and Renee for teaching me everything that I know about radio and helping me create this entire thing. Um, bye. Thanks for listening. And up next is some music I picked in connection to media representation. This was Media and Color, produced at Zoomix Radio in 2022 by Aliyah Cuevas. Thanks for listening.